Well, we're not going to play it a second time now, are we there? Okay. Hello, everyone. It's 7 a.m. on the East Coast of the United States and 9 p.m. in Melbourne, Sydney, and Brisbane. And welcome to the live episode of A Yank on the Footy for the 27th of July, 2021. I'm Craig Wessels coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio. And I'm glad that you're checking out the episode. So glad that you could join in. We're going to be jumping into some of the big issues of the day. Uh, Buddy's pursuit of 1,000 goals gets to continue. Have we seen the last of one of the great ambassadors of the game? We're going to take a look back at the just completed AFLW draft. Now, I'm not going to pretend that I know who all of these players happen to be, but uh, there are a couple of last names out there that are definitely recognizable and uh, will hopefully help their new clubs get turned in the right direction. Not that I have any self-interest in that statement right there, Uh, but uh, as a cat supporter, the Cats uh, club last year in the AFLW did struggle quite a bit. Not due to a lack of effort, of course, but they just they couldn't they couldn't score very often. So we'll see if we can go about changing that. But before we dive into the episode, I did want to go ahead and announce the club of the round, and they are the Banks Bulldogs Football Club in the Northern Territories. They were formed in 1978, and uh, they played uh, in what was at one time the Northern Territory Football Association, and and. Uh, since 1978, they have played in 43 out of a possible 58 grand finals that their clubs were eligible for, winning 19 of those. And uh, they also now have age 12 or under 12 and under 14 clubs within the umbrella of the Bulldogs. So looks like an extraordinarily successful club there. So Bulldogs, hope you're having a fantastic year or actually yours may be starting a little bit later with the uh, the temperatures there. So. Let's go ahead and dive into it for today. And uh, first of all, if you're here for Olympic coverage, I won't be able to help you out much with that because that seemingly is going on while I'm asleep. Uh, Although I, I, I will not be that, that American who is, uh, you know, up in arms that, that Katie Ledecky did not win the 400 meter race. Um, Arnie Titmus definitely earned that. You know, I did see on social media there was uh, some other yank besides me who was seemingly upset about that and uh, posted uh, some comments about that race. And it was, uh, well, let's just say that uh, Ms. Titmus's fellow countrymen defended her honorably. Let's just put it that way. Uh, I'm not going to link to it at all, but if you want to go find it, there's uh, it was an interesting thread. And and I'll be honest with you, I went ahead and did a little self-promotion in there and uh, said, hey, I'm not here to you know question about this. It was a hell of a race. But by the way, uh, this Yank uh, loves footy. And uh, I'll, I did mention the, uh, the couple buddies of mine there, Lockie and Harper, who do the Where Do We Begin podcast, and they are doing their Tokyo Daily episodes on their podcast. So if you're not checking that out uh, and you are interested in what's going on with the Olympics and you want to get some behind-the-scenes things uh, that are stories that you might not see on the bigger television networks, uh, I, I think you should definitely check out uh, what these young men are doing because they're they're putting together a, a really quality product uh, for 
for their listeners and for their viewers because they're up on YouTube as well with this. So it's a it's a pretty cool thing that they're doing. And uh, I was able to have them on last week for a discussion about the uh, the show that they're doing. So. So I want to go ahead and dive into the uh, the stories of the week and uh, a couple biggies. Uh, one that broke overnight while I was sleeping. Again, it's you know seven o five here in the morning. I got out of bed about an hour and fifteen minutes ago, so I'm working on my first first and second cup of coffee. I went ahead and pre-positioned the second cup here, so I'm ready to go. But there was a lot of concern uh, after the Dockers and Swans game this past weekend as to whether or not Buddy was going to be playing this weekend. Well. He's going to be able to do so. So his one-game suspension for his elbow on uh, Luke Ryan, which looked a little suspect if you think about it. You know, when he switched the, you know, and let's let's be honest, you know, Lance Franklin is is a is a large human being, and he is a large human being on a mission. And I think if he could get that mission accomplished or one of those two missions accomplished. Of course, one is winning a grand final. The other one is getting to those thousand goals. If he could get that accomplished this year, I think he would love to have maybe that pressure off of him. But anything that, that Buddy does, even gently, being such a, a massive, strong athlete that he is, even anything that he may do gently or even just just maybe not quite so gently, which this elbow was certainly not gentle, might come off looking a little more aggressive than uh, than what one might otherwise think. Now, I have seen old clips of of elbows and bumps and that sort of thing from Buddy. So, I mean, he's not he's not certainly immune to that sort of thing. But he was let off, so he will be able to play this weekend um, when he goes up against Essendon, which is not good news for the Bombers. Which, uh, let's be honest, last weekend was not great news for the Bombers either. They had a golden opportunity that they kind of let slip away from them there. And is that going to cost them their shot at finals? This year? And now I, I say that they, they, they blew their shot there, but that's not really a fair thing to say about GWS because GWS came out and did what they had to do to win. And they did it without their best player and arguably one of the top five players in the competition not in their side with Toby Green. But he's going to be able to play this week. Uh, so that's great news as a fan. Uh, it's great news as a Swan supporter to help with that pursuit of uh, solidifying that spot in finals. Now, of course, you know the Swans could ultimately make that bump up into the top four. They're going to need some help. They're going to definitely need to win out uh, before it's all said and done. But, you know, it could happen. I mean, they're uh, they're currently sitting... Sixth at 48 points, they're going to have to, you know, they're behind, uh, percentage-wise, they're only four points behind Port Adelaide, but they're nine points behind, almost nine points behind the uh, the Lions, who are sitting even with them. So the Lions would have to stumble, and the Swans, of course, would probably have to win an extra game there, along with Port Adelaide stumbling a little bit, in order for that to happen. So maybe top four is not very likely for them, but but we shall see. So Buddy's playing this weekend, and you know I the the one little story that this week makes me kind of sad is uh, I have to ask the question here, and you know this is somebody you know this is somebody who 
got me really excited about the game as I began watching it you know, five years ago. Was this the last time that we saw Eddie Betts? Or was this going to be the last time we saw Eddie Betts in a jumper playing footy? You know, he did hurt his foot, was in a boot. Um, supposedly it's a three to four week injury, which means that he may not or will likely not play again this year. He doesn't have a contract for next year. You know, I'd be I'd be kidding if I didn't say that, uh, you know, the tumult that's going on with Carlton right now, the review that's happening right there may may lead to, you know, a decision that while, you know, while, while Eddie Betts is one hell of an ambassador for the game and is just somebody who puts forth, you know, you know, the public persona that we see. And yes, we saw some behind the scenes things in the, uh, making their mark video last year. So it was great seeing the interaction with he and his family. Um, he just seems to be, you know, the kind of player that, that fans want to see playing the game. <laughs> and as such, you know, if this was the last time we're going to see him play, that's going to be that's going to be sad to see him go out that way. Um, so I I hope he's able to come back, but but it may not be in a in a blues jumper. And you know somebody else may decide to to have him come in. You know I you know we've begun seeing the youth movement in Adelaide, so I don't think he's going to be going there as well. So maybe he decides you know with the, the all the little niggles, all the little injuries he's been having, that he decides that this is time to to step aside and it, and it's it's a shame that 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 he's not going to be finishing you know maybe what is possibly the last game he could play in not on the ground but bottom line you know as somebody who came into the game recently you know Mr. Betts I know you're not listening to this but maybe somebody that knows you is uh you sir are somebody who helped me fall in love with this game and it is a uh, it's been a joy watching you play the game. Uh, it was not a joy seeing you make that tackle on Jordan Clark last year, uh, which uh, you know at the fifty meter arc roughly, uh, which prevented him from getting a kickoff, which got you guys a win late in the season last year. But <laughs> beyond that, uh, you are you are an ambassador for the game, and and sir, you know you will be missed if this is, if this has been your last um, go round in the game. So hopefully you're still able to play, but you know, that's a decision that's going to have to be made by both you. And of course a club that, that will give you a contract in order to play. But if this has been it, <clears throat> thank you, Mr. Betts. Thank you very much. Now I, yeah, I, I I don't watch all of the television programs about the game, but I you know, and I I do know that you know Carolyn Wilson is one of the most knowledgeable people talking about the game. So maybe she rubs some of you the wrong way, which again I haven't watched enough of her to to know that, but I know she's been doing this for a long a long long time. But uh, 
Yeah, there was a story that came out last week in which she was commenting about a rift between uh, Sam Mitchell and uh, Alistair Clarkson in the you know the the caretaker coach position, if you will, or the you know soon to be coach position, and she was arguing that maybe it won't be going on to a uh, a year where where Clarkson is actually with the club next year. Well, it, it looked like she's been getting challenged a little bit, you know, according to her sources, she was saying that. And again, I, I, I don't know who her sources are, but she stuck by her gun saying that things are tougher between the two of them than we might imagine. And uh, other folks are saying that, that that's not the case. And people were trying to give her an opportunity to walk back her statement. And she didn't um, yesterday, the day before, I think it was uh, during her her program. So it's, you know, I don't know what's going on in Hawthorne, of course, and uh, we don't necessarily know what's going on behind the scenes either, but it, it's a, uh, it's not a good situation for either gentleman there. Um, and, and, you know, you know, Alistair Clarkson has, has come out and said, you know, he's planning on honoring his contract and that sort of thing. But is there, is there going to be a time where, where he is, uh, you know, pushed out. I mean, are they going to say, you know what, we'll go ahead and let you leave because we're going to go ahead and just start with uh, Sam Mitchell from scratch. And you got to think there are a couple clubs that are out there that that might be waiting to find out what happens with that because they may have, or they they do have, or they may have a, uh, an opening for a senior coach. And that all depends, I guess, upon what he would want to do as far as that goes. But, yeah, I, I again, I'm not, I am not trying to, you know, impugn her reputation at all because I, I don't know the, the background here. I just have seen that there were some people challenging her, asking her, does she want to, you know, take back her previous statement? And she basically had said that she doesn't want to clarify it or she doesn't want to get into her sources and that type of thing. So it's, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out in the uh, in the coming weeks here. So, um. I just really wonder where this is going to go, but we're going to find out here fairly soon because we've got, you know, four rounds of footy left before finals. So by October, we should probably have some idea of what's going to be, uh, what's going to be transpiring with the, uh, with the Hawks. Now I wanted to get into the, uh, the jockeying for position here in the, uh, the final four rounds and, you know, we had, we've had some clubs that have kind of fallen off the wayside uh, a little bit, but uh, there are some clubs who are making a push to, uh, to come back and, and find their way into finals. Of course, you know, the, the Bulldogs, they, we're going to get into this in a little bit here, but you know, the Bulldogs, they leaped into the, uh, the top position on the ladder, knocking off the D's this past week. And again, Tony, I apologize for for tipping the Bulldogs. Frode, thanks for letting me tip the Bulldogs. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the Ds, they've, they've struggled. They've only won one of their last four games. They've dropped two and had a, had a draw in those last four games. So, yeah, did they peak too soon? No, I don't think they necessarily did at all, but they're, you know, they, they, they are definitely struggling there. And, uh, even though we saw the the Tigers go down again by 
another significant margin. You know, they lost, they've now lost four out of five. They lost the, the cats, which again, we'll talk about here momentarily as well. They're not out of this yet. By no stretch of the imagination are they out. They're they're sitting in uh, the 10th spot. Now, their their percentage is not great. You know, they're at 98.18. Um, they're five percentage points behind the Bombers. Now, of course, the Bombers, they dropped a golden opportunity to, to jump into the eight. Um, they got up against the Giants, as I mentioned a little bit ago, but the Giants took advantage of that win. And the Giants are sitting in the eight spot right now. A game below 500. They're eight, nine, and one. And uh, you know the Eagles. They keep chugging along. They they had a couple humiliating losses in the last month or so, but they are they've solidified themselves. They you know they're six points clear on the ladder in the seventh spot. You know they're not likely to be jumping up into sixth if they're. The Eagles, if they're going to be playing finals, they're going to be in the seventh or the eighth spot because they're they've got forty points right now. The Giants have thirty four, and you know you got the Bombers, the Tigers, the Dockers, and the Saints all sitting at thirty two. Well, the Saints' percentage is extraordinarily low. We talked about this a few weeks ago. They they almost had to win extra games in order to uh, or an extra game in order to be able to make that leap. So they're going to have to get you know point wise up ahead of where the Giants sit right now. You know, the the Bombers, their percentage is the best of the four, but they're sitting at eight and ten right now, eight wins and ten losses. They have a pretty tough run home. Well, at least the next couple weeks anyway. They've got the the Swans and then the Bulldogs. And I'm not even gonna pretend to say that I know where they're gonna play. Although it does sound like Victoria and I believe uh South Australia are coming out of their lockdowns. Uh but no fans at games for the next couple weeks in uh Victoria for sure as of right now from what I saw but the uh the uh stands will hopefully have some fans in them within rounds 22 and 23 let's keep our fingers crossed on that so yeah the bombers you know they had a great opportunity there to jump into the 8 solid percentage uh they didn't take advantage of it of course losing you know by a few points to the giants so the giants are sitting in 8 right now but you know they've got a percentage of only 96.59 but the one thing they have going for them is they have those extra two points due to that draw that they had. So they didn't take a loss. They ended up with a draw. So it is, it's, it may work out to their advantage here. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, I think that the, the Dockers are, I think they may be looking to build for next year. You know, uh, that Fife's shoulder came out again this past weekend. Uh, sounds like they're going to shut him down and they're going to try to get the, get the surgery done for him as soon as they possibly can in order to, you know, get his rehab going. And, you know, I'd tell you, it's been a lot of fun watching Sean Darcy play um, for the Dockers this year, but seeing the discomfort that he has in his leg, in his knee right now. Yeah. I, I, I wonder would they be better served long-term by, by shutting him down as well? Because he's, he is really struggling to get, you know, get around the ground. He's gutting it out. You know, it's, it's very admirable what he's doing. You know, he's, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's putting in a, uh, a, a really, really good effort uh, to, 
to do his job, but he, he is struggling with that. And I'm sure there's some significant discomfort in his knee, you know, so do we write off the doctors at this point in time right now? You know, I, I, in fact, I didn't even jot their schedule down for the final four games here. Cause I thought, I don't think that they have the opportunity to, to possibly make that leap. Cause you know, they, they're, they're just battered by injuries right now. <clears throat> Of course, GWS is finishing up then with uh, their final four games. They've got a they've got a tough run home. You know the, the Giants play fine. This is this is a this is one of the things that I've kind of been joking about all year here, and that is the fact that the uh, you know the Giants I should say you know they've they've got Port Adelaide this week, they've got the Cats, they've got Richmond, and then they close out with Carlton. And who you know who knows what's going to be happening at Carlton at that point in time? Are they going to have a uh, is David T going to finish out the season or are they going to have a caretaker coach for the last you know, few games? Now, again, I've not heard any speculation or anything like that about um, Carlton, but you, you have to wonder what's going to happen there. You know, they, they, this is a club that's got some talent, a lot of talent, some really good players here, you know, with uh, Harry McKay and Cripps, Sam Walsh and, and uh, Wiedemann. And it's just, you know, it's some, some really good, talented athletes but they've struggled to put things together and you know they're they're sitting there you know uh at seven and eleven yeah they're 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 out of finals contention but you know gws certainly has a shot they're in the eighth spot at this moment in time the west coast if they're planning on hanging on to that seventh spot they've got the pies the d's Fremantle, and brisbane so they've got a couple tough games they've got that you know, Optus Stadium clash with their, you know, co-tenants, the the Dockers coming up here pretty soon. But what club haven't I mentioned yet? Well, it's the one that I've kind of been joking about the latter part of the season here. As they have scuffled, they just don't seem to go away. And that is, of course, the Richmond Tigers. Okay, and Richmond is sitting tenth right now at eight and ten, so they're behind the Bombers. They're you know, they're also over five percentage points behind the Bombers, but they're even in terms of points on the ladder. They're you know a half, you know they're two points behind the Giants, but they're you know point and a half ahead of the Giants in terms of percentage. And you know when you look at R- Richmond's final four games. Yeah, I've kind of joked online here you know, that 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 until the vampire hunter comes along and puts a stake through their heart, you know, I I don't I I wouldn't count them out of playing finals. They've got Fremantle this week. They've got North Melbourne. They've got GWS, a game the Giants desperately need. That's going to be a huge game in round twenty-two. That's a huge game, and then they close out with the Hawks. They close out with Alistair Clarkson and the Hawks in round 23. So they've got three games that on paper you would you could argue, yeah, the, 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 the Tigers should probably win these three. But again, no Dusty. But much of the rest of the side is, is coming back. Uh, you know, Deion Presti, I think, is possibly going to be back. Um, but, you know, there's, they're, they're getting healthy. They're getting some, you know, they're getting some players back out, you know, 
you know, Basher Hooley's not going to likely be back before the end of the season, maybe for the final round if if they need him. Um, you know, so it's uh, it it remains to be seen what's going to end up happening with them, but they they won't go away. This is uh, well, you know what? I've been using the vampire line for the for the season so far, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and bring in somebody else here. Um, the Richmond Tigers are doing a pretty good imitation of Michael Myers right now from the original Halloween film. Just when you think he's down and out, they keep popping back up. And yes, they they lost it. They 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 lost by 38 points against the Cats this past week, and the game wasn't that close. You know the 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 Tigers you know scored a couple goals late in the in the final quarter to to make the score a little bit more respectable, if you will. But they haven't gone away. Again, this is a club that knows how to win. We've seen it the last four years. There's, there's, you know, a lot of pride on this club. Now, does does it have the talent to go along with that pride anymore? Are they are they too old? Are they too slow? Or there are is this going wrong or is that going wrong? I don't know. But again, if they're in the finals, anything could happen. Anything could happen if they're there. So you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put anything past the Tigers this year. Um, like I said, they've got, they've got three games that you could argue are winnable games again. Of course, North Melbourne. I don't think anybody wants to play North Melbourne right now as, as well as they're playing. Okay, and again, it hasn't shown up on the the one loss totals as as much as they would like. But I did see an article. Uh, Yesterday or day before that, and I, I, I did book, bookmark it, um, discussing how that they're you know that this is maybe the most evenly matched ladder that we've had in a number of years, and you know even the clubs that are at the bottom of the ladder, you know Hawthorne has played you know respectable footy, you know over the last several rounds, but the uh, you know the Hawks have played decent footy. Um, Collinwood has even played decent footy from time to time here recently. So, you know, it's, even though they're down at the bottom of the ladder, you know, there's still a club that, that, that are, that are playing hard. Um, you know, North has won three out of five and they've, you know, they've dropped, you know, they've dropped, uh, you know, a, a 18 point game to Essendon and a, uh, what, about a 30 point game to the Bulldogs. But you know, other than that, they've played pretty decent footy over the last, you know, month, month and a half. So I don't think that's a club that anybody really wants to be facing either. So even though I said that Richmond's a winnable game for them, it doesn't mean that they're going to be winning it because the Ruse are certainly not going to just lay down and go away here. That's not happening, okay? That's not going to be happening at all. But, yeah, so, you know, the Cats, they're, they moved up to second, you know, right behind the Bulldogs. You know, both of them are at 56 points. Uh, the Ds, you know, dropped down to third. You know, they're a half a game behind the Bulldogs and the Cats with that one tie there, that one draw. Port Adelaide is kind of righted the ship. They're starting to get some players healthy again. Um, still missing Robbie Gray, I believe. He's still out. Uh, but they're sitting at 13-5. and five. You know, the Lions have dropped a couple of games there. They've dropped out of the top four. But again, still a talented side. But, you know, they're still, they're still recovering from, you know, Hipwood being out and for Adams being out as well. And the Swans, you know, they've got a – 
very solid percentage, 118 points. You know, they're not likely to leapfrog any of those other clubs on percentage, although it could be with Port Adelaide, though, because Port Adelaide is at uh, only 121 points. Um, but it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be a fun final four rounds, and I'm uh, yeah I don't know where this is going to go, but I I think the odds are looking pretty good for Richmond to be playing finals this year. Now, does that mean they're going to stay in once they get in? I don't know, but like I said before, this is a club that knows how to win. They've done it. Okay, they know how to they know how to win games when the time is important for them to be winning games. Okay. They've, you know, they've, they've not necessarily finished the top of the ladder to win premierships. They've, they've come from further down. So it's uh, nothing is out of the realm of possibility here. So, you know, again, until, you know, Laurie Strode, you know, gets that coat hanger and gives him a pop in the eye. Of course that didn't do him in, but uh, the Tigers are not going away yet. Dusty or no dusty. Okay. So even though they've lost a few games here in the last couple of rounds and they have, you know, they've looked, you know, they've lost four out of five, but they're still, they're still there. So, you know, we may have a team that is in the eighth spot that has a record below even. You, know, you may have a team that gets in there that uh, is 10 and 12, quite possibly, or, you know, 10, 11 and one. That could, in the case, maybe in the case of the Giants, there, it could very easily happen there. So, and you know, I'll get into my tips in an episode uh, a little bit later on this week that I'll re- be releasing. I'm going to be doing those later on tonight. Uh, I am going to be sitting down with uh, Rick Shibani of the uh, LA Dragons of the USAFL. Uh, Rick was one of my early interviews. He was actually the when I first decided I was going to be doing a podcast. He was the first person that uh, reached out to me on Twitter when I set up the 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 Twitter page for the podcast at Yank underscore on and had said, hey, I'm getting ready to start this podcast. And, and you know, he was the first person to come on board and say, hey, it's a great idea. Uh, anything I can do to help would be terrific. Uh, he spent it. Yeah, you know, I did an interview with him back early on in the podcast. If you haven't listened to it, it's actually one of my one of my favorites because it was a uh, it was an interview. He spent a year playing for a club in Australia, in Victoria. He lived in Victoria for a year, and I reached out to the club. They went ahead and submitted some fun questions to ask him that he wasn't expecting. You know, you know kind of embarrassing, but just ones to get to get laughs if nothing else. So uh, Rick's going to come on. He's a huge GWS supporter. So I'm, I'm looking forward to getting his take on what the next month is going to be like as well. Uh, So like I said, he and I are going to sit down to do that discussion a little bit later tonight. Um, Yeah, should be, uh, should be a fun talk and we'll see how, you know, I've already jotted down my tips for the week and I'll get into those in that discussion with him later on this evening. But uh, you know, it's a, uh, it's going to be a fun last month. You know, we've got a couple spots that are that are there. You know, the top six are pretty much locked in in terms of of who's playing. Now they're going to be jockeying for position, okay? Uh, but uh, it's, uh, you know, I don't think the Lions and the Swans are jumping into the top two. It could happen, but it's it's not likely to be happening. But 
you know, I think the top six, you know, the Bulldogs, Cats, D's, Power, Lions, and the Swans, I think they're locked in to the six, but not necessarily in that spot on the ladder because those things could fluctuate, of course. But then, you know, I think that final spot, you know, as I mentioned, you know, Essendon's got a kind of a tough run home. But, uh, you know, they've, they've definitely got to win these next couple of games, and they've got a couple tough ones. You know, with Sydney, you know, they're going to have Buddy back this week. Um, the Bulldogs, you know, and again, the Bulldogs are at a point where do they, you know, they, they have been playing so many different players this year. Do they begin giving, you know, players a day off here or there to give them a rest? Um, who knows? You know, the Bulldogs have a, um, just pulling up their schedule right now here. Uh, for the rest of the way here, of course, they, you know, they've got, uh, let me see here and, uh, their games. Here we go. They've got, uh, they've got the Crows this week and then the Bombers and then Hawthorne and then Port Adelaide to finish out the season. You know, so do they rest a couple players here or there to help get them healthy, to get them ready for finals? You know, I don't know what Luke Beveridge is going to do there, but, uh, you know, it's, I doubt that happens against Essendon, you know, cause you know, Essendon's a club that, you know, when, when the, things are going right, they can score at will. Now this past weekend, that didn't necessarily happen. They kind of struggled to, uh, to, to score points in this last game, but, uh, you know, we shall, we shall see what happens there. So the last thing I wanted to get into today before I wrap up, uh, the episode is, uh, Overnight here, it just it actually ended about 45 minutes ago, give or take a few. The AFLW draft took place, and uh, the uh, there were 61 picks that were made in the draft, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 61 picks. Um, a few clubs, actually, I think there were actually 59 picks made because a couple clubs passed once the third round came about. They they stopped making picks. Uh, they had filled out their list already, or they decided they did not want to bring anybody else in. But at the top of the uh, AFLW draft, of course, we have a couple names that are going to be familiar, uh, at least last names anywhere. Anyway, um, Gold Coast went with uh, Charlie Robottom, who's from the Oakley uh, Chargers, and she is... Uh, She's going to be making the move up to Queensland to play with Gold Coast. Um, and Gold Coast had a couple of first, well, they had three first round picks. Um, yeah, they were winless last year. Um, the Cats got, uh, they were winless as well, I believe, or did they win one at the end? I honestly, I don't remember. But uh, they ended up, they ended up having four picks in the first round this year. And they picked second. And uh, this is a name, if you're somebody who watches the AFLW, you're going to be familiar with. They they uh, they took Georgie Prispakis from the Calder Cannons, and then West Coast was up there. They took Charlotte Thomas from Subiaco. Uh, St. Kilda took Ella Friend from uh, Greater Western Victoria Rebels. Richmond took Stella Reed from the Oakley Chargers. So you had two Oakley Chargers players go in the top five. You had... Uh, Gold Coast going again with Tegan Levi uh, from Bond University. Geelong back there again in the seventh spot with uh, Zali Friswell from the Calder Cannon. So a couple Calder Cannons going as well there. Uh, Gold Coast took Ashanti Bush from Hawth- Hawthorne. The Cats with another pick, uh, Gabby Featherston from the uh, 
Geelong Falcons. I, I kind of get a little bit of a Wiggles vibe from that name right there, but uh, I know that's not the case there. Um, Carlton had back-to-back picks in with Annie Lee from the Geelong Falcons and from Keeley Sherrar from the Eastern Rangers. Eastern Rangers, I should say. And then uh, St. Kilda had their first pick of the draft with Ashley Richards from the Dannendong Stingrays. Uh, Tess Craven from Geelong. The Falcons went to North Melbourne at 13. Uh, Fremantle took Amy Franklin from Claremont. Geelong back on the board for their last pick of the first round with Annabelle Johnson uh, from the Geelong Cats group. Uh, Richmond took Amelia Yassir from the Calder Cannon. So three Calder Cannons there. Uh, Adelaide took Zoe Prowse from Sturt. And I know that, you know, I don't know all the specifics, but I do know that Sturt's uh, team colors, if I'm not mistaken, are like a dark blue and kind of like a, a sky blue, if you will, or a royal blue. Uh, I've seen those uh, um, colors before. And Brisbane closed out the first round with Maggie Harmer from Markiador. I'm going to probably butcher that name right there. So, Congratulations, and I'm not going to go through all 58 names here. I'm not going to do that, but uh, congratulations to uh, these young ladies whose uh, dreams of playing footy are coming true. Uh, you know, as a cat supporter, you know, I'm I'm yeah, I'm going to take a second and, and step into that role there real quickly. I'm, I'm glad to see them uh, adding some some talent to the club. They they really scuffled last year, and again, they they played hard. But they just they could not they could not score, and they spent so much time playing in the defensive fifty that they couldn't get they couldn't get the ball past the uh, the center square very often. So they really struggled with doing that. So I'm very excited to see where things go with the cats going forward this year. And you know, uh, training starts for the the women's comp in September because if if you had forgotten. The games actually are scheduled to begin play being being played in December this year, and to me, I think that is a great decision to have the games being played. Yeah, and again, we we can certainly debate and argue the the, the temperature issues because there are going to be issues with regards to with temperature, and hopefully the uh, hopefully the league will make uh, uh, compensation to allow for. You know the, the the possibility of heat related issues more so than maybe they have in the past when they started a month later. But the women's grand final is going to be, if I'm not mistaken, done before the men's season begins. It's going to be the week before, if I'm not mistaken. And I think that's terrific for the women's comp because it's not getting lost in the. In the wake, if you think of the you know the men's comp as being a, a ship, the women's comp's finals are not getting caught in the wake of the opening of the men's comp. Sure, they'll be talking about it, of course. They'll, you'll be seeing the uh, the exhibition games getting played and that type of thing. But it's great that they're going to be able to get that recognition and be able to have you know be the theoretically the only game in town, if you will, uh, leading into the men's comp instead of having that overlap there. So I. I I'm thrilled for that being the case and for that happening. And uh, yeah, I wish the women the best of uh, success, the best of luck this year. So ladies and gents, I am going to go ahead and wrap up there for today. Uh, I would like to take a moment and invite uh, those of you who listen regularly to uh, 
check out the survey that I sent out recently uh, that I uh, issued uh, for you know longtime listeners of the show to give me some feedback. I've had about 15 people or so that have responded. I'd love to get you know as much uh, insight from you as I possibly can. That'd be fantastic. Um, there's a link of that in the show notes. Uh, I also want to invite you to check out the the website for the, the show at yankonthefooty.com. Uh, you can find a lot of information there about the show. All the, the whole catalog of episodes are there. You can scroll through them there. If you're looking for a uh, a, pod, uh, a podcast hosting site that you know that's got the shows available to you that you want to use to to listen to the shows, there are about eight or ten different ones that are linked there that you can go ahead and select your show from, and uh, you can go ahead and you know subscribe to that platform if you will. Um, you know, whether it be Apple or uh, CastBox or Stitcher or Google Podcast or Spotify, whatever the case may be, they're they're all there. They have links to them. You can go in and you can subscribe to that to that one and just listen to shows through that if you choose to do so. Okay, uh, if you want to help out the, the the show, there's the the Buy Me a Coffee page. If you want to help out, that'd be greatly appreciated. Of course, you don't have to do that, but any of that that comes in goes right back into the show. In fact that money that has come in is still sitting in that account. I'm planning on using that for upgrading some things here and there. I haven't made those upgrades yet. So all of that is, is sitting in there right now, um, waiting to be used for those purposes there. Um, you know, if you want to check out the Redbubble store page as well, I've got a couple designs up there. I've got a, a new one or two that are going to be coming out. In fact, I need to reach out to the gentleman that's designed one for me. Uh, he showed me he did a great mock-up of one. I again, I haven't used it yet because it's not mine to use at this point in time. We need to, we need to talk about that. Um, so if you got an idea for a show, or you think somebody would be a great guest on the show, drop me a uh, an email at a yank on the footy gmail.com or a DM on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at a yank on the footy. You can reach me there as well. And I. Uh, I do hope that you'll consider sharing the episode with your friends and family. I, I have a hell of a lot of fun doing this and I hope you're enjoying listening. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, and again, it, it sounds like Victoria, it sounds like things are starting to improve there a little bit for you. Uh, those of you in New South Wales, I'm yep. Stay strong. I know things are tough right now. Reach out to people, talk to one another. Let them know you care. You know, we've got a great four weeks of footy coming up here. Maybe your club is out of finals contention. Well, that doesn't mean that they can't possibly be somebody that contributes to the uh, to the finals. Maybe you knock somebody off that's trying to play finals. It's great to play spoiler. It's great to be able to look back on things and say, because the teams that I support for years, that's kind of all they've been able to do is say, oh, yeah, we beat your team and, you know, cost you a spot in the in the playoffs, but because uh, most of my teams have been pretty lousy for years. So take care of each other. Look out for one another, okay? Be safe. Be well. Enjoy the Olympics, okay? Enjoy the Olympics. Have fun with that. Um, and ladies and gentlemen, as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. This is Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio, and I will talk to you very soon.